I'm Ian Dark, and you're listening to Men in Blazers, sub-optimal radio on the Grantland Network. Oh, it's incredible! You could not write a script like this! From the Embassy Road Studios in the crap part of Soho, it's the Men in Blazers podcast, Rog. Oh, we're back, <laughs> We are back, because let's face it, there was absolutely no reason to do a podcast last week. 38, 38 to the season, non I can see they Reduces to one once, that frankly freaks us out, we don't like it. And so there was no reason. But we should say congratulations, Rog, to all Man City GFOPs. Or as you... they say in Manchester, Mazel Tov. Mazel tov, yes. Congratulations. You won the league. Several of you, many of you, celebrated with us at our pub takeover at Slanchy on the Barry last week. That was a fantastic event. Even though it was a slight um, flaccid ending to the Premier League season, Rog, after such an incredible year, but still, amazing job, Manchester City. You deserve the title. Indeed, you do. <laughs> okay, Rog. Uh, yesterday, we drove up to Bristol, Connecticut. It was our road trip. <sighs> Many people making fun of us on Twitter, calling only two Englishmen could call a 100-mile trip <laughs> a road trip. For most Americans, that's dropping the kids off at school. For us, that was a massive road trip, like driving up north, Rog. You could drive to Leicester, to Birmingham, to places where the sky is closer to the ground driving that far. Yeah, in my village, Liverpool, yeah. there's many people, many better, the majority have never driven that far or walked mm-hmm. that far or accompanied the donkey on a little path a hundred <laughs> miles outside of the city walls. Yeah. It was far and those people that mocked us, they should try dropping little breadcrumbs all the way a hundred yeah. miles so we knew which way to get back. I will say, thanks to all of you who mocked us <laughs> over our live Twitter feed yeah. that our photos on our car trip, we either, half of you seem to think that we look like a remake of Thelma and Louise, David. They were attractive women when they made that. They were, David. And I must say, David let us down because he didn't drive us over a cliff, as many uh-huh. of you urged us to. Um, and the other half of you, reassuringly, I think, you, you suggested we look like um, a remake, an amateur dramatic remake of, uh, of Rima. Uh, thanks very much for the compliment, <laughs> assuming you thought I was Tom Cruise in that scenario. One chip good, two chips bad. <laughs> uh, Rog, the other highlight was introducing you to... Serious, which even though we've been on it for 17 years, you've never actually enjoyed the product. You've never actually consumed Serious. Never. You've never listened to it. Who knew there was a Billy Joel channel? <laughs> yeah, but we introduced you to the 80s channel, and you were suspect. And then... I just was in a terrible tr- mood. You were in a terrible Ter- mood. When I got in the car, I was annoyed oh. in it. I've got them editing this second edition of I the I live in fear of your mood. It's like my dad when he came home from it's work. It's a bit bonkers. And Dave just didn't say a word. He just flicked on the yeah. 80s channel. Yeah. And I was like a piece of origami that was unfolding. Yeah. But the 80s channel, but I immediately turned, changed your mind. Because the first song that came on, as we left the Cross Bronx Expressway, it was Jan Hammer's Miami Vice theme. Rog. It was as if there was a god, or at least Martha Quinn, yeah. knew we were just about to hit the road. That is still, if I had a list, Dave, of top ten song endings of all time, yeah. it would probably be that. Yeah. Maybe you made you feel like Crockett and Tubbs. Yeah. It's a bit like yeah. the Japanese national anthem. It ends in the middle, but they do a little reprise of the little... I don't know, the synthesizer I felt like Zito and Twitek. And then, I love Zito minutes and later, well, I was just suddenly getting interested. Mm-hmm. They dropped Kim Wilde, We're the Kids in America. Oh, she was so attractive when she recorded that. It still sounds so good, that song. Yeah. I, I, I shut my eyes and I made believe that somebody out there is making a documentary called How Julian Green Won the World Cup. And I'll use that as a theme song, David. Do you believe he's ever heard that song? Um... Everyone who's American has, haven't they? <laughs> yeah, good answer. Um, 
Rog. The Thompson twins hauled yeah. me out. As, oh. as we drove towards the Bristol perimeter, and we knew we were yeah. almost there because we could smell Bob Lee's cologne like a cloud yeah. just hovering over the field. It's musky. Outside that magical city. What a band the Thompson twins were. They were an amazing band. Amazing, amazing band. But so many things. We had Missing Persons, Go West, Culture Club, Rog. Song after song after song from our youth. Yep. You say I'm a dreamer. We're yeah. two of a kind. Both of us searching for some perfect world you know we'll never find. When I looked over at you at that second when the Thompson Twins sung that, mm-hmm. and your head suddenly stopped being yours and it just changed into <laughs> Jürgen Klinsmann's. And I felt that the World Cup, 21 days away now, Dave, oh. that everything, everything was possible. We're going to Brazil in 21 days, Roger. But that should be the song, Dave. That song, the Thompson Twins Hold Me Now, should be the US team's official song yeah. for the World Cup which we will be discussing. We will be announcing the yeah. unofficial song, the Men in Blazers song for Brazil 2014, Dave, later in this very podcast. And, Rog, and this is a segue, that song will be performed live next week at Broadway's Town Hall. The Men in Blazers go to Broadway, Rog, uh, when we, your humble Men in Blazers, take the stage with members of both the 2014 U.S. Men's National Team, players to be named later, for very specific reasons that they haven't actually announced the squad yet. Yeah, and it, all 30 could be in it. We'll see. Uh, we're going to wish them Godspeed in their journey down to Brazil. And we're also going to honour members of the 1994 team, Rog, including Alexi Lalas and other recovering mullet and ponytail legends. Um, and Alexi's going to be performing that song that wins our competition at Town Hall. Yep. I mean, I can't say who we have from the, the US team 2014, Dave. Yeah. But as you said, the 23 not finalised. Well, not finalised. Yeah, we can't say. But I can say that among those we expect yeah. will be a dreadlocked hacky sacking maestro say no more than the 914 Friedel's coming <laughs> I didn't realise he'd made the team 914 yeah. to honour them Davo I have to say hand on heart mm-hmm. US soccer has gone so far so fast and we spoke to a number of the members while mm-hmm. we're driving back from Bristol many of them believe no one knows who they are already which yeah. is a historic wrong that we'd love to play a small part uh, in correcting, and most of all, to just revel in the joy of GFOPs coming together and American outlaws, yeah. Dave, who are coming in to New York City for the game where to watch America thrash Turkey. Yeah. To be with the American outlaws, who to me are one of the most significant transformations in American soccer since 1994. Yeah. It's just going to be, it's going to be a bit like being at your bar mitzvah. <laughs> what? When, when is that happening? We'll be uh, at Jurgen Klinsmann's bar mitzvah. That's what it'll be like, Dave. Uh, yeah, well. <laughs> Which one is less likely? Um, Bob Lee, also going to join us. Rog, he's going to be dusting off his golden jacket uh, right now. The tickets, Rog, you can go to meninblazers.com, find out all about the event. May 30th, Town Hall. It's a big venue, but we've still got a few tickets left. And the tickets are also on Ticketmaster, Rog. Have you heard of that? I've heard of Ticketmaster. Yeah. Yeah. My assistant sometimes gets tickets for me. Please come. We would love to give you a cuddle, and we're going to be having a drink before and after. Brilliant. Okay, Rog, packed show. We're going to review a rare moment in human history. A happy day for Arsenal fans. We're going to clear up the Premier League business, take a raven or two, reveal the winners of the world's only customised Men in Blazers Xbox One, courtesy of our mates at EA Sports. We're going to touch touch on a little tournament down in Brazil called the World Cup, and with the biggest game in football happening this weekend, Rog, yes, the League One playoff between (laughs) America's team, Leighton Orient, versus the Millers of Rotherham United. We're going to welcome Guy Ritchie character come to life, Barry Hearn, chairman of Leighton Orient, uh, back on the show. He's actually going to be pulling uh, off the road in his automobile to speak to us, Dave. And I'm a little part of me, I'll admit, is terrified that through the interview we're going to hear just faintly in the background muffle 
muffled kind of painful cries coming out of his car trunk boot. Okay, Rog, to the football. Oh, thank God. Means we're going to open the Guinness. Oh. Oh. It's breakfast. The FA Cup final, Rog. The FA crap final. That's what Arsenal fans used to call it. Now they don't. Arsenal 3, Hull 2, Rog. Gutsy Hull make the terrible mistake of scoring not only once, but twice too early within the first eight minutes. That's the dictionary definition of too early, Rog. Arsene Wenger's team found the will to reel the game back in, and Aaron Ramsey's goal in extra time means they have done the double, and celebrities of the world are walking around in fear of getting hit by double-decker buses. The fourth-place trophy and the FA Cup, uh, Rog. Two trophies in one season for the Arsenal. Yeah, I mean, first of all, we should just describe Holt to our listeners. <laughs> I've never been there. Never. The sky is very. The sky is so close to the ground, it's under the ground. Oh, I mean, I found it gorgeous, but it would probably more accurately be described as a grim northeastern city. Yeah, my sister-in-law went to university there. It gave us the house martins. It's like full of fish. It was home to Philip Larkin, my favourite poet. He's a grim gent. He wrote a beautiful line, Dave, I have no enemies, but my friends don't like me. It was probably one of his more beautiful ones. Or, on me your voice falls, as they say love should, like an enormous yes. It's a dark and twisted place. But, God, Hull, they came at Arsenal. They came at Arsenal like hungry direwolves, Dave. They yeah. feasted on Arsenal's so fearful Tom Huddleston background. is always hungry, Rog. He is always hungry. Four minutes in, Dave, four mm-hmm. minutes in, they scored. And it reminded me, it reminded me of being at Wembley myself in 2009 yeah. with my children. When Louis Sahas scored against Chelsea in 25 seconds, David, 25 bloody seconds. Such a mistake. Too soon. Too yeah. soon. The final score of that game, Everton won Chelsea. Two? Yeah. Yeah, but they then did it again. Yeah. They did it again. You never want to score too early, Eight especially minutes. in an FA Cup final. One of your cousins. Yeah, Curtis. Yeah, one of your cousins scored. Yeah. And I have to say... Curtis Davo. Eight minutes in. Uh-huh. One of the most joyous sights I've seen all season. Let's oh. just savour this, whole fans. Stephen Bruce, Stephen Bruce celebrating that second goal uh-huh. when he jumped off the ground to punch the sky mm-hmm. with his big potato face mm-hmm. and his enormous belly. Yeah, the girth. I, I would say his I, belly brings me joy. Just thinking about it just you, brings me joy. It's the happiest sight in world football. It is. Maybe. It is. He just lifted an inch as he jumped out. It lifted an inch above his belt. Yeah. And then it sagged back down like yeah. an unmaintenance waterbed. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Watching it that. is. You, you asked Arsenal fans who came on our serious show yeah. whether when they were 2-0 down, when they watch this game again, will those goals hurt them as much? Um, oh, no, this is my question. When you know what the result of the game is, when you know your team has won, when you then watch it in replay, because Arsenal fans, have, they've all watched this game like four or five times back, does it still hurt when you see Hull score, even though you know what happened at the end. And parenthetically, for Hull fans re-watching this game, yeah. I'd say, never let the final score diminish the pleasure that you took. From Steve Bruce's belly. Yes. I mean, that, that was possibly the most glorious thing to happen to Hull. I don't like hyperbole, do yeah. But in the city's entire history, since the collapse of the whaling industry in the late 19th century... Yeah. But I, I, you have to think the cameras then obviously cut to Arsene Wenger. Mm-hmm. And all I could think of was how crushingly the weight of modern history, Arsenal's modern history, his history, his career, must have weighed down on his shoulders. And if it did for him, I have to say, 
His players re- responded brilliantly and courageously. Santi Cazorla, David. Yeah, no, he's fantastic. I mean, Ramsey, look at the player he's become. I mean, a lot of uh, an impressive Arsenal performance to get back into oh, the game. Amazing. Yes, they're the better team. Yes, they're expected to go and win. But you go 2-0 down, you get punched in the stomach. It takes character to rebound and get in there to go and do we it. We don't talk about Santi Cazorla enough because he's a little Spanish tiny maestro in an yeah. era when there's a clutter of little Spanish I tiny know. Oh, Not another little Spanish maestro. But I love how much he looks like part man, part rodent, as mm-hmm. if there's some kind of like blood in his that. back from Nothing you know, wrong with that. From the old mouse hole. It was a bold and timely strike and it meant that when the Arsenal players charged back into the locker room at half-time to find Arsene Wenger lying down on the trainer's table, smoking a jeton, yeah. swigging from a half-empty bottle of Lillet, uh-huh. and listening to some Edith Pia through an yeah. enormous pair of Beats headphones. Yeah. They, they had a foothold to build off, irrespective. Yeah. And Koscielny came back on, he went all Cristiano Yamaguchi, that little triple salco. Yeah, it was wonderful. Nimble. He landed Nimble. it, landed it. That equaliser, he did. He hurt. Here's one of the things I loved about that, because we've talked about it briefly before. He hurt himself in scoring. Mm-hmm. I, I admire players who hurt themselves. I think it's the ultimate sacrifice, David. Yeah. Apart from charging at the German pillbox in World War One. Mm-hmm. As a child, I had the eternal question, a dream often, if you had the chance to score a goal that won England the World Cup, mm-hmm. we've talked about it on Sirius, yeah. but you broke your leg and ended your career in doing so, would you <sighs> score that goal? In a second, I'd break both legs and both arms to score a winning England goal to win the World Cup. I'd break both legs and both arms to score a winning goal in a friendly against <laughs> Kazakhstan, quite frankly. Yeah, we both just want ballads written about our football players. There's nothing the I do day. talking that. There's nothing I like more than the muted celebration of an injured player who just scored a goal. And that everybody around him and then realising, oh, he might be hurt. Always reminds and the me way that, that it suddenly goes... Always reminds me of that Kappa photo of the Spanish Civil War where the gentleman's just been shot. Yeah in the act of soldiering. It's beautiful and poetic and joyous and painful at the same time. Talking about pain, the game then became a bit of a World Wrestling Federation. At Benjamin Pizang uh, tweeted us, at Men in Blazers, did the referee get a memo we weren't aware of? I had no idea that we were playing prison rules. We did play prison rules. Arsenal didn't get the penalties. Hull didn't get the calls either. But then that flick from Giroud, beautiful, beautiful back flick. So French, so French. Then Aaron Ramsey, that phenomenal Welshman, what yeah. a player he is, David. So oh, he's a great player. So central to Arsenal. Yeah. He's the what if for their season. What if he had not got injured? Yeah, no, very, very true. Very, very true. Uh, so congratulations, Arsenal. So look, two schools of thought, Rog. One, this is the turning point. This is the building block. The Wenger punked. It's been the Wenger punked. This has been an amazing season for Arsenal. Fourth place in the Premier League. They've won their first title in, what, eight, nine years? Nine. Nine years. They're back. They're back, Rog, and now they're going to build on this and they're going to go from here and next year they're going to challenge for the Premier League title and challenge for the Champions League. The other school of thought, this was the FA Cup, Rog. This was won by Portsmouth just a few years ago. Wigan won it last year. And despite the double-decker open-top bus parade through London, this was just the FA Cup. And this can't hide a lot of the faults, a lot of the cracks that are still there in Arsenal's season. Are you saying launch pad or toupee? Yes. Launchpad or Al Michaels toupee, is that what you're yeah. telling me? It's either Wengerpunkt or What's the Punkt? Talking about toupees? Yeah. I had a makeup artist the other day. Yeah, what for? At NBC. Really? Who told me that she and I had the same, we chat about Adamant, mm-hmm. how he was our childhood hero. 
But you ask him to be done up like Adam Ant. Um, <laughs> should do. Yeah. She told me that she'd met Adam Ant in a bar recently and uh-huh. he'd seduced her. Wow. Took her back to his bedroom. Uh-huh. And just before they were about to, I guess, get to third, second base, maybe first base, I have no idea. Okay. He goes, excuse me a minute. And he took off a toothpaste <laughs> and put it on the corner of the bedpost. I hope that really was Adam Ant. She said that she just like completely, she's just made her excuses. Ring, on yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so you're asking, was it a toupee? Was it yeah. like a covering of something that truly yeah. is humiliating? Yeah. A thin covering? Or are you saying that, are they going to go forwards? I mean, I think it's very interesting. There was a school of thought. My mate Dan Harvard uh, emailed me. Name. And he said he wishes that not only had they not won the FA Cup, but they'd all, he's a huge Arsenal fan, but they hadn't finished in the top four places so they could have the courage to get rid of Wenger dust off the club culture, bring in some new men, some fresh ideas. Yeah, I mean, many... It was a little bit like the Moyes in uh, hashtags throughout the whole season uh, with, you know, opposing fans of other teams of Manchester United wanted Moyes to stay. I think a lot of uh, other fans of other teams were tweeting that they wanted, great, Wenger in, he's going to stay, he'll still be there at the team. I mean, I go both ways. I really can't decide. You watch Arsenal play football sometimes and you think, God, they're so bloody good. Look at all that skill. Look at all that talent. Look at all those injuries. If they ever just like get it all together and get a couple more, you know, get a good, decent central midfielder and a decent defensive central midfielder and maybe another player for their back four who can really, really properly defend, they could be very, very, very good. And another part of me just thinks, can they really challenge the... Even if they have the money, can they really, even if they spend the money, are they really going to challenge Manchester City and Chelsea and Manchester United for supremacy in England? Yeah, I mean, I think that, first of all... And that's say, not even to mention Liverpool. I, first of all, I'd just say, I, I, I echo your sense. I'm happy for Arsenal. I mean, I'm so happy for Arsenal. I'm really happy for Arsenal fans. I mean, on one level, I'm just against constipation. There's yeah. very few people I'd wish that silent curse upon. Hitler, Piers Morgan, <laughs> Jürgen Love temporarily, <laughs> Phil Collins maybe. Yeah. Nine years of constipation, David. Mm-hmm. I can't even begin, even I can't begin to imagine that. Yeah. So I'm happy for Arsenal fans who've suffered so much, savagely at times. And they've been, they've, they, Arsenal fans, they retain a, a forever optimism that I have to admire as a human being. My mate Michael Cohen yeah. talked about him. When, when Thierry Henry left, what did he say? I don't care. Don't care. We're Cesc Fabregas' team now. And then Cesc ups and leaves, goes to Barcelona. Don't care. We're Robin's team We're now. We're Robin, yeah, RVP's team now. RVP ups and offs to Manchester United. I didn't call, I didn't have the courage to call. We're Santi Cazorla's team We're now. We're Sonogo's team now. Um, at nine years is a long, long time. Arsenal fans, I mean, they do, they deserved a night of joy and celebration. Mm-hmm. But you did, this is a squad that this season have just lacked in tactically flexible ideas. It seems to be, when you look at it, you've said it's a squad that needs refreshing in multiple areas. And, and the big question ultimately is not about the FA Cup, but it's like, who do they sign now to make sure that they are a squad with teeth? And, and the rumours, Lars Bender, Kareem Benzema, uh, Callum Chambers, Wilfred Boney, all of the above, all of the above is the answer, I'm guessing, if you're an Arsenal fan. I think we are, by the way, and just those names you mentioned, I think indicate something. I think we're moving into a more physical era of Premier League football. Um, You look at what Manchester City had this year more than anyone else, even more than Chelsea, who've been known for this for the past few seasons, is Manchester City dominated teams physically. Yes, they've still got their smalls, but really their bigs dominated the league physically this season. And I think we're moving into an era 
when we're going to see a lot more physical play in the Premier League and sort of a departure for the Premier League from as the, you know, the tackle is being outlawed uh, out of the game on the continent. I think you're just seeing a much more physical Premier League. That season is so long, it's so hard. And I think that um, teams are going to have to compete in the transfer market for those kind of players who can play that specific brand of Premier League football, Rog. I mean, talking about the bigs, pity Holt. Mm-hmm. They didn't just lose after giving their all. I'd say, over 120 minutes. Even worse for them. They qualify for the Europa League in the process. <laughs> yeah. When, when the television uh, interviewer congratulated Steve Bruce on qualifying for the Europa League, his face, he looked like someone had just wished upon him the curse of Tutankhamen. Well, they were in the Europa League, whatever happened, Rog, in that final. So, uh, And I think that, look, the cities of Europe are going to find it very, very difficult to compete against that shirt. It's just going to come in. They should wear their home shirt everywhere <laughs> they go, and no one can deal with that. Uh, Rog, big changes at United. Louis van Gaal. Louis van Gaal. The Iron Tulip, Rog, has been appointed manager of Manchester United. A three-year deal. He's vowed to... <sighs> Make history at the club. The Holland coach will officially the Holland Holland coach will officially start work at Old Trafford in July after his commitments at the World Cup are over. By the way, here's the nightmare scenario for Manchester United: Holland drawn in the same group as Spain and Chile at the World Cup. If they go out in the opening round, another you know Dutch meltdown at the World Cup. All the squad hating each other. Manchester United are going to inherit a manager once again who the world is questioning whether he's really qualified for this Oh, yeah, but this this one's proper special. Van Gaal. Van Gaal. I I mean, suddenly everybody's got their favourite Van Gaal story. Mm -hmm. You know, when he was in charge at Bayern Munich, he announced his his intention to drop anyone who didn't have the cojones he was looking for. Cut off his ear. (laughs) <laughs> oh, wow, that'd be amazing. Yeah. And he did it by dropping his trousers in front of the entire squad to show off his own undercarriage. Wow. And the only thing about that story that keeps getting repeated that mm-hmm. surprises me is that, to be candid, that's how I imagined nine out of ten Premier League managers go about their daily business. <laughs> Pre-game talk, balls out. Half-time team talk, balls out. Ex-time to pellet, balls out. I'd be hard-pushed to think of a scenario that for Premier League footballers, that does not work, David. Unless, of course, the manager is a ginger, mm-hmm. which might have been David Moyes' problem. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's a complicated bloke. Uh-huh. Of that, there's no, di- uh, no doubt. He said when he took the Bayern Munich job, he said, I am what I am, self-confident, arrogant, dominant, honest, industrious, innovative. To me, he sounds so American, Dave, when he yeah. describes himself like that. Except he says, arrogant, then that's the dead giveaway. And, uh, but to a large extent, it's triage for United after the Moyes disaster. Uh-huh. This is the guy who, number one, ticks the boxes, knows how to run a big club, mm-hmm. knows how to manage big players, has shown in his career that he knows how to win big tournaments and he's a purveyor of attacking football. But there are, there are going to be some collateral damages along the way. His ethos is also nobody's too big to learn. Mm-hmm. And you read Zlatan's autobiography where he describes Van Gaal as a miserable dictator unable mm-hmm. to allow for individual genius within his rigid vision. You think Wayne Rooney. Yeah. It's going to be some turbulence. Yeah. I wonder. I just wonder how this is all going to turn out. Anyway, fascinating early storyline for next season. But it gets worse for United, David. Yeah. Miley Cyrus was seen walking around in a United <laughs> jersey yesterday. Oh, my goodness. I'm sure the stock market... 
yeah, plummeted. Across Manchester, Rog, we should once again congratulate Manchester City. Their growing army of American fans. They even occasionally call into our serious show now. Their second title in three years. They were only top for 15 days all season. You know why? It was a fake table. Uh, the least of any Premier League champion ever. David Conn in The Guardian, I mean, yeah. he wrote very poignantly, he said, the Abu Dhabi relaunching of Manchester City is, quote, the most spectacular injection of cash by an owner to buy rapid success in football history. Um, he said they're an anathema to traditionalists. Um, but he said, even inside City, you have to admit, they pride themselves on doing things professionally and properly. And they did this league table, ultimately, in when it counted at the end of the season, they did go about their business. When everybody else was losing. Professionally bum and properly. Squeaky so, bum time. I mean, the, the, the challenge is already beginning. FFP, financial fair play, they've been punished along with PSG. They're going to have to battle with a reduction in squad size to 21, the wage freeze. They're going to mm-hmm. have to maintain that limit of eight locally trained players. But you do, you think Manchester City, if MC Hammer, Gary Coleman, Zaza Jabour and Jordan Belfort can adapt mm-hmm. to having oodles of money yeah. and then tightening their belt, I'm sure City can do it. Worrying sign for them, though, all the noises out of Yaya Toure's camp this week that he's really flirting, wants to end his career at Barcelona, that um, he uh, was very upset that he didn't get a birthday <laughs> card or birthday cake or some kind of birthday wishes from the club. Yeah, I think if I was Sheikh Mansour, I'd probably imagine that the $405,000 that I was paying Yaya Toure a week <laughs> would say, I love you, yeah, 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 happy bloody birthday. We should send Yaya some World Cup cakes, David. Yeah, World Cup cakes. He'd love a World Cup cake. Love a, we'll send him some World Cup. By the way, talking about the Grantland videos yeah. we've shot, the World Cup previews. Oh, yeah, go on YouTube, go to Grantland. You can see all of our World Cup previews, Rog. How did you let me yeah. shoot the World Cup videos <laughs> Is in this- a jacket? Which had just got rushed from Hugo Boss. Uh-huh. Rushed. It, the tailor delivered it to the set. Yeah. And the sleeves were about five inches too short. And you stared at me for several days shooting those I videos. wasn't staring at your cuffs. You let me, you let me be shot. My, my wife is disgusted. Yeah, she, okay, told me, I... she told me, why did David not <laughs> let you know that you were wearing... She told me that you, Davo threw you under the cuff bus. <laughs> so, uh, firstly, is this your note or Mrs. B's note? My wife's disgusting with Mrs. B's note. Okay. Secondly, I don't think this was just to do with the length of your blazer. I think it was the fact that your shirt cuffs, because now that you've mentioned it to me, I've gone back and looked at it. Your shirt cuffs are just, your shirt sleeves are way, way, way too long. Humiliating. I know you didn't have extra wardrobe there, Rog. What would we have done? Shut down the chute? While he went and bought a new blazer, bought a new shirt, adjusted somehow? I believe Tom Brown, who's yeah. GFOP, mm-hmm. has been watching them. He yeah. says, that is going to be the look for fall 2015. Yeah. Foppish. Little yeah. foppish. There are many aspects of my personal appearance that made me want to throw up. But uh, my cuffs and my sleeve length were just perfect. <sighs> perfect. Cuff bust, David. I can just say while we're talking about City, we yeah. did mention the, the pub takeover. Yeah. But just how lovely it was to finish the season surrounded by remarkable GFOPs who it flew was. in from all over the country. And their mothers. Some of them with their mothers. Mothers, they're amazing. Girlfriends, wives. We stood up on that bar. Yeah. Standing by you with a microphone. Yeah. It's as close to being in Coyote Ugly as I think we'll ever oh, get. I love that movie. Yeah. I've always wanted to be Piper Perabook. Rog, Everton, Jerry D. Oh. Delafeo will not return to Everton for a second season on loan after Barcelona confirmed that the Spanish winger is set to become a part of their first team squad. <sighs> is he dead to you now? No. Okay. I tell him what you he is him. to me. He's in a very interesting class. Mm-hmm. He was always alone. He was never ours, David. Mm-hmm. 
Have you ever had, did you ever have, as a teenager, a summer holiday fling? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Duh. Because to me, they're the most painful loves of all. Really? Yeah. Because they, they, were, they, were, they were relationships that were never allowed to age, uh-huh. decline, and sully themselves humiliatingly. So they always retain like an innocence, a golden exotic quality. Uh-huh. So I'm saying this. I'm looking at you, Jerry D, because I know you listen to the pod. Yeah. El pod, as you call it. I'll love you forever. And I cling on to your goal against Arsenal, the memory of it. Even though in a couple of years' time, <laughs> you won't even remember the words Everton, Goodison Park, or Stephen Naismith. Or Changbeer. The reality is, David, we live by the loan, we die by the loan. Yeah. Um, you and I are going to spend some time with Roberto Martinez down in Brazil. Can't wait. Do you know what my only goal in going to the World Cup is? To spend time with Roberto Martinez. And persuade him to take Julian Green as the new Jerry D. Wow, that's interesting. On loan from buying Julian Blue. Yeah, that's very good. Well, I, but I think it's more important. They've got to get Gareth Barry back after that loan, Rog. Uh, it'd be great if they could get Lukaku again, although I don't know what's going to happen there. They seem to be offering Lukaku to Atletico to try and lure Diego Costa in or deal with Courtois or deal with something. Well, we're talking about Everton. Can yeah. I just address you, the English newspapers who listen to the pod? Okay. Yeah, so pretend Stop you don't listen. Canonizing Ross Barkley. Yeah. Like, I'm uncomfortable. There's a newspaper article saying he has the speed of young Michael Owen. He has the footwork of Stephen McManaman. He has the mind of Paul Gascoigne, which is scariest of all, Dave. I've watched yeah. him all season. He's a great player. He's got poor decision-making at times. I can confirm he is not the young Dalai Lama. Please, please. Okay, very good, Rog. Well, now, it's no time for calming down right now, Rog. We're about to be joined by a legend, by a man we can't even call him a great friend of the pod. Just don't look him in the eye. Don't look him in the eye. The chairman of Matram Sport, the chairman of Leighton Orient Football Club. There is no man on this show who needs no introduction. The podfather. The podfather, Mr. Barry Hearn. Hey, boys. Good afternoon to both of you. So locate us, uh, locate yourself for us right now. Barry, where are you? Traffic jam, traffic jam approaching uh, Dartford Tunnel. Uh, it's M25 time. Anyone who's been to England know what I mean. It's the biggest car park in Europe. And, Quarter uh, five. Here we go. And what's your... T- take us through. I've never seen your motor, Barry. What are you driving? Uh, it's a Bentley. It's a very <laughs> low-profile car, you know. <laughs> I love it. Which Bentley is it? Which model of Bentley? Oh, I don't know. It's new. I don't know. I don't know. These things, they just send them around. You know, that, doesn't everyone have one delivered? I thought everyone just got one. <laughs> certainly worked for me. So, Barry, the reason we're calling you this weekend, obviously, the biggest game of football of the season in Europe. Uh, we're talking about, of course, the playoff for the, uh, for the championship. The mighty Lake Norian, America's, America's team, America's team uh, versus the... Mir- Makes the, make the World Cup look like just a day in the park. Yeah, and, the, and much bigger than the Madrid Cup final. It's an appet- that's an appetizer. It's an amused bouche yeah. for the big one, as we call it. You're playing, you're playing Rotherham United. The Millers. The yep. Millers. The mighty Millers. Yep. A, a team that would strike fear into the heart of pretty well any other club in global football, apart from Leighton Orient, I imagine. Can you just give us a little sense of how you're well, feeling, how you're anticipating the, the odds? Well, firstly, I've got to tell you, boys, I mean, I've been to some sporting events, but the second leg of the playoff semi-final against Peterborough, the place was rocking. I mean, literally, the main stand was moving with people. Uh, one of the great days, terrific atmosphere, you know, Jesus. And it, when, when, the, when the fans invaded the pitch, 
and the chant just went up east, east, east London. You could hear it 20 miles away. It was unbelievable. So now the stage is set for the greatest showdown of all time. Between two teams, it's very difficult to split. You know, we finished above them on goal difference. They beat us at their place. We beat them at our place. They scored 86 goals this season. We scored 85. Hey, we conceded a lot less than them. Maybe that's the clue we're looking for. It is just on a knife edge and the whole of East End and anyone who's even remotely connected with the East End is going to be there. It's a big potential knees-up bonanza. So how many people are you taking to Wembley, Barry? I think we'll, we'll be taking somewhere north of 25,000, which oh. when you think our average gate <laughs> is 5,500, it's amazing. So, and it, it's going to be a party atmosphere. Rotherham will probably bring about the same. I mean, it's a Division One playoff with uh, probably fifty thousand people there. So that's amazing. Wonderful, wonderful game. Can you describe what the stakes are for you, Barry? What does it mean to your club? Deloitte just estimated that promotion to the English Premier League is worth two hundred and three million dollars to the club. And, what, and what? if we win on, if we win on Sunday. We're one division away from getting into that. That's that's. Now, in sport, you have to have dreams, Roger. You have to... If you don't dream, you don't play. If you don't dream, you don't support. You know, it's not... This is like a fantasy world. But there's two stories that come to mind. Firstly, Russell Slade, the great and wonderful Russell Slade, said, this club is waking up. And there's the first story. There's the clue. Because it's the sleeping princess story. And Russell Slade is the handsome prince. <laughs> He's kissed. What else is it? It's... James J. Braddock against Maxi Bayer for the heavyweight championship of the world. You remember the stories in the Russell Crowe film with Cinderella Man? Yeah. A big name fighter, all the glitz, all the glamour against an ordinary, ordinary down, down a hill fighter. You know, basically a guy that had been beat so many times, you know, trying even to get a bit of respect was difficult. That's the sort of basis we're going into this for. We've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. And if we win on Sunday, we're one step off the Premiership. That's the context of the enormity of the task in hand. But how much is playing in the Championship worth to you, Barry? I mean, if you, probably you, about an extra. Spend. Yeah, no, really. Yeah, we can spend. It's probably worth about an extra seven or eight million dollars, which gives us a chance to spend more money on players. And when I said to the wonderful Russell Slade the other day, I'm going to increase your budget next year, he said, why? We don't need it. We've got a team. Wow. We've got the team to do it. Unbelievable belief in his own squad. And, you know, basically what we're seeing here is you know, the most amazing Cinderella story we've seen in football for years and years. We've been the underdog every inch of the way, all the way through the whole campaign. Even on Sunday, we're a slight outsider. So make of it what you will. But we're about to do something quite original, quite unique. It's never going to happen again. Oh, 11 Russell Crowes on that field at Wembley. I cannot wait to watch that game. And oh. we've just found out this second that being sports, a lot of GFOPs have complained that they weren't going to play the thing. It's going to be, they've just sent us a tweet right. saying they're afraid of that Barry Hearn, that they're going to put it on their... Uh, they're, they're wow. player. So America will be able uh, to tune in. Right. I mean, honestly, uh, Barry, it was not going to be on television. And we petitioned BN Sport <laughs> on behalf of the Leighton Orient supporting GFOPs. And we got them to put Such it on their the digital Such is the power. Site. Such is the power of men in blazers. Ignore it at your own risk. <laughs> yeah. Because these are proper geezers. Yeah, but also they're afraid of you, Barry. Yeah, they're really <laughs> mostly <laughs> to be honest. just afraid of you. Well, yeah. because you remember what we said. If it all goes pear-shaped, we'll see you in the car park, son. <laughs> 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 you're, you're, so you're talking about Russell's. Um, you've mentioned Russell Slade, your coach. 
Um, the papers yeah. today, Leighton Orient manager Russell Slade is a surprise candidate for the West Brom job, a Premier League job. I mean, with success comes other opportunities. Can you just give us a word oh. upon how you kind of manage success, how you prepare for success, and how crucial doing, Russell you? is? Well, Russell's crucial because he's the one that's got the squad together. And, of course, he's going to attract interest. And, he, of course, he wants to play at a higher level. We hope that higher level is with us. But, you know, things can happen. You don't know. But that's all to one side for the moment because the focus. This is all about focus and work ethic. Nothing, nothing too flashy. You don't find this in a management buyout book. You don't find this in a Harvard degree. You find this on the streets and on the cobbles of life. And this is all about putting a team of ordinary guys together and moulding it into a winning machine. Russell Slade's at the front of it. What will happen in the future, God only knows. We don't know. We're only limited by our own imagination. So therefore, we're just going to go out, we're going to enjoy the day, we're going to have a right old party, we're getting ready to go to Vegas, yes. get the, boys leave, the boys leave a week on Sunday, I leave on the week on Monday, because I've got Frotch Groves, the biggest fight in history in England, yeah. a week on Saturday. So we're, I mean, it's, it's, many a, blazers, it's a late and orient uh, robber room of boxing. It is, yeah. We are, we are, renaming, we are renaming Wembley Stadium to Matchroom 2. Right, so what we're going to do, tell men in blazers, we'll see you in the bar at the MGM Grand. Oh, we can't Don't worry. wait for that. We, we'll we commence in the second. Get them out there. Because, I'm coming uh, just so I can see the fight. Hoover Dam. Uh, Barry, well, oh, no, we, might be, we might be in Brazil. I think we're going to be in Brazil, Rog. We're uh, missing but a lot, I love Men in Blazers listeners. GFOPs are fascinated by your Vegas trip and will no doubt be there. We've come across yeah. so many Men in Blazers listeners who have actually gone on these pilgrimages to watch Premier League football, gone to watch Arsenal and Chelsea, but have come to watch Leighton Orient. We, yeah, and we've got a, this is our idea for next season, Barry. This is what we want to do. We want to work with you, Barry, and get two season yeah. tickets. We want to buy them. Yeah. And yeah. we want to leave them at the, at the, uh, at the ticket Will office. Call, oh, yeah. At the ticket yeah, office yeah, every yeah. single week. And if a, GF, if a couple of GFOPs happen to be over and they know the magic words, they've, gone. they've, got, they've got them. Gone. They've got to they've know gone. the code word. But we were going to buy yeah, those yeah. for next season. Yeah, Warpick. You just have to whisper the yeah. code word to the people behind the counter and any, okay. well, listen, like a lending library. That's a, brilliant, that's a brilliant idea, boys, and it sort of sets the same of what your men in blazers is all about. The yeah. world of ambition lives long. Yeah, so true. Barry. You, that, would be, that would be so fun. So uh, much fun. Thank you so much, Barry. We're all rooting for you this weekend. We're behind yeah. you all the way. We know that. Can we get a we prediction? We know it, Roger. We know it. Can we get a prediction? Yeah, 2-0 to us. Oh, I love it. I love it. It is known. It is known. It has been spoken. It has been said. Barry, have a safe drive home. Good luck this week. Thanks, weekend. boys. We're Good right. luck Amer- to everybody. Thanks, with everyone, for their support. We'll yeah, see we you in Vegas. We've got the whole of Men in Blazers behind us. Well done, mate. America. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. What a man, Rod. What a man, David. As you can tell he's excited. His, his, his voice is just like sort of a semitone higher. Yeah. I love the fact he didn't know what kind of Bentley he's driving. <laughs> it's just a new one that got delivered. He was probably driving a Ford Fiesta. Do you think he was actually driving or he was in the back? Um, being driven by question, Jenkins. Honestly, that I was too afraid to ask. We wish him unbelievable luck. Yeah. We wish him only great things to him and Leighton Orient. Yeah. And we think we have to thank Being Sports for, for putting the game on the player. Absolutely. Where it's going to be, it's going to be on Being, their digital player, right? Backslash play. Yeah. S- together with the big Burton Albion match, I believe, Roger. <laughs> Don't get me started. Okay. 
We got a raven rod from Jared Ham. Dearest blazered men, I found out today that my adopted club, Aston Villa, is up for sale. I'm optimistic and a little excited, but should I be? Fulham's first year with new ownership ended in relegation, but Man City and Chelsea have been completely turned around. What was the ownership limbo just before Abramovich like for positive? Kung Fu fighting, Jared Ham. Great question. Oh, poor well, Aston Villa, David. Poor Aston Villa. Yeah. Can we just say, Randy Lerner mm-hmm. of the Cleveland Browns, Randy Lerner's. Yeah. Good bloke. Yeah. Who tried hard, invested a lot of money very, very, very badly yeah. at Aston Villa. And I think he found you can take a club to sixth or seventh in the Premier League, but beyond that, it is bloody hard to get higher, which yeah. only makes you marvel more at what Werner and John Henry have done yeah. um, with Liverpool Football Club. They've single-handedly slayed the perception that American owners are bad for an English Premier League team. But I did. I, I loved Randy Lerner's uh, a comment when he said he was going to leave Aston Villa. He said, on a personal level, it's time for me, like the Shunammite, you know, of course, the Shunammites are a biblical reference to a woman blessed with a child for her kindness who then returns back to her own people to have her property restored. Ugh. Bit arcane to dwell amongst my own and get on with other aspects of my career following a sale. Take us back to Chelsea. George Michael Sports Machine, let me take you back <laughs> to the pre-am. London, late 1990s, early 2000s. Um, yeah, it was odd. Chelsea Rod. It was sort of like, I used to have this mate who lived in, uh, who I used to see in America. And every year when I would leave him, and I'd go and see him once a year, and he was always struggling for money. And I thought, you know what, how is he even going to survive? How is he even going to put food on the table for his kids and get a gas in his car to drive him to school? How's he going to exist for another year when he has no prospect of earning any money? And that's how I used to feel at the end of every Chelsea season. You had no idea how they were going to put a team back together on the field. And it was just every year it seemed to be sort of like stitched together uh, by Ken Bates and the whole Ken Bates and the Chelsea Stadium disaster and all of that kind of stuff. Um, And then, but that was a different Premier League era. It was a different moment, almost a different league, almost a different sport, Rog, than the one we're dealing with now. The thing about Aston Villa, though, you've got to look at the fundamentals is that it's an amazing stadium, it's an amazing club, in a very, very big city, with passionate fans, and with a young team, Rog, who, I've watched them several times this season, some very, very good young players, and some real, and sort of a solid foundation for the future. Um, I think it's ultimately a good asset. I think it's somebody else... an unbelievable else, asset. Yeah, somebody else will buy them, and they could still... I could, I could really imagine an era where Aston Villa could become a major, major I mean, serious Premier League club They have the whole again. middle of the country to yeah. draw from. They're, right now, they're an underperforming club with a massive region yeah. to call their own. No disrespect to West Brom or yeah. Leicester City, who are just coming up. Yeah. I mean, they are the super club yeah. um, in waiting there. And I, th- I wouldn't be surprised to see an another, another American kind of owner jumping in but in terms of how do you know who a good owner is and a bad owner the honest truth is there's no way of knowing the Premier League doesn't do the kind of NFL due diligence on club owners they have a fit and proper test which they very cursorily enforce Mm -hmm. it's allowed in the past um, (laughs) human rights abusing ousted Thai PM taxing Sinatra own Manchester City a string I mean one after another of ill-intended owners who treated Portsmouth like a horse towel and dumped the club from the Premier League to the fourth tier um, in the blink of an eye. So you are taking a massive gamble. And as we've seen in, the, in Manchester United, any kind of Premier League transition is a hold-your-breath kind of nipple tingle. 
Uh, okay, Rog. Now it's the time for us to announce the winner in our Men in Blazers search for a song for the US Men's National <gasps> Team for Brazil 2014 contest. They're trying to make America a proper football country, David. Yeah, no proper football nation Should sends their team to a World Cup without a song. So we were uber relieved to receive thousands of entries to our Who Knew Love of Soccer and a fondness for Broadway show tunes overlap so perfectly competition. A lot of Andrew Lloyd Webber fans out there, GFOPs. We literally had thousands of entries. Yeah, our panel of esteemed judges, Rog, were able to whittle down the finest to these five. Your vote decided the rest. You're such a populist, Rog. Great prizes at stake. <laughs> the winner gets, courtesy of the boffins at EA Sports, the world's only Men in Blazers customised Xbox One. Second and third place get the only two limited edition Men in Blazers t-shirts, of which there are only five in the world, Rog, created by our friends at Bumpy Pitch. Amazing Bumpy Pitch. God so love. here are the winners, some of which will be performed live on stage at our May 30th show. You voted wisely, you voted often, and in reverse order, here they are. In third place, Rog. Like the Eurovision Song Contest, David. Matthew Grant. It's world class to the tune of Lords Royals. Oh, I love that one. I loved it. We don't care. We won the World Cup in our dreams. You know, we got Klinsman, Dempsey, Discarude, St. Landon, Gomez, <laughs> Prekshay, Altador and Cameron. Beautiful. How did that come third? I know. It's a winner. Bloody good. And second place, Rog, Peter Backoff. What a great name. Backoff. Born <laughs> on a USA base. Oh, that was possibly my favourite. Born on a US base. Born on a US base. One more soldier daddy on a US base. <laughs> oh, my word. <laughs> Not necessarily politically correct, but very, very good. And finally, Rog, in first place, drum roll. What is it, David? It's Craig Copeland to the tune of Favourite Things from the Sound of Music. Mueller and Keller and Howard Goalkeeping. Dosacero and the Mexicans Weeping. <laughs> November in Denver, Columbus in spring. These are a few of our favourite things. <laughs> Lalas is going to have to play that. I hope <laughs> That's genius. That's so good. Um, thanks to all the GFOPs for the thousands of entries that came in. Congratulations to you, Craig Copeland. Um, uh, you won the whole thing. And we'll say, you know, we're going to give all of the ten finalists a copy of the EA Sports 2014 FIFA World Cup game. Oh, which wow. Which is an amazing gameplay. I've been loving it. There's two books. They let anyone on a, on a <laughs> FIFA game nowadays. He's going to let me and you, Sorry, not Ian Dark. <laughs> uh, okay, very, very good, Rog. Uh, your weekend looks like this. What to watch inside US Sarkas. March to Brazil. That's on Wednesday, May 21st. 10pm on ESPN. That's tonight, Rog. Um, it's really good, by the way. And the gratuitous shots of Everton Football Club that are all over the episode and nothing to do with the fact that I helped put we, the thing together. We got, we got a tweet, Rog, from at Wiskowser, um, or at we Scouser at Men in Blazers. Is it bad that Yogi talks about Bradley's and Deuce's move to MLS the same way my dad talks about how I got a BA in English? <laughs> That's so good. I've been in Stanford all week, David, watching yeah. the US train, and all I'll say is Clint, Michael Bradley, yeah. and now Tim Howard's just arrived. Yeah. The focus of that team is yeah. exactly where you would want it to be this close to Brazil. Okay. Derby versus Queen's Park Rangers Rodge on Saturday, May 24th at 10 a.m. on BN Sports. Uh, Real Madrid versus Atletico Madrid, Saturday, May 24th, 2.45 p.m. Eastern Time on Fox. That's the Champions League final. But I'm finding it tough to get excited for it. You know, I'm quite excited because Diego Costa's seeing a placenta doctor. Yeah. And he's, uh, as, as someone tweeted in, at Topical Sport, Sport said, the doctor's name is one letter short of being marijuana. I love football. <laughs> 
I think it's going to be a magic final. I cannot wait. Come on, Atletico. Diego Simeone, Davo, can we yep. just say about him? Uh-huh. What a man. What a job he's done. He is up there with Perlo and David Silva in my pantheon of footballers that every human should aspire to be like. What a job. What a man. What a team talker. A true hero. Yeah, he's played great football this season. Leighton Orient, Raj, the Mighty O's versus uh, the Rotherham Millers, Raj, on Sunday, May 25th at 10am. It's not televised, but our friends at BN have put it on their digital player, uh, so go and find that. And then the US men's national team versus Azerbaijan, Rog, oh, US men's national team games versus Azerbaijan are always a little testy. Uh, that's, that's a rivalry. That's Tuesday, May 27th at 7pm Eastern and Time. And I'll be there. On ESPN. The Dos. Many ways to connect to us. One is our Amazon Emporium, which helps keep the show going. Anytime you go on Amazon for items big or small, just click off the Emporium page. And Men in Blazers gets a tiny percentage that allows us to cover the cost of creating the show. In its honour, we both the feature Emporium Choices of the Week, in which we'll both post what we're reading, listening to, or watching. And this is what we've put in this week. I mentioned Philip Larkin at the top of the show. And in honour of Larkin, Hull, and I guess Steve Bruce's tummy, I'm going to go for the complete poems of Philip Larkin, a beautiful book which... When you're down and you're feeling low, does a, a poem, an example, this be the verse where he says, he uses the F word instead of the word cock. He says, they cock you up, your mum and dad. They may not mean to, but they do. They fill you with the faults they had and add some extra just for you. No matter how depressed you are, David, reading Philip Larkin always makes you realise there's someone out there far worse off than you are. You feel instantly better. Uh, it's summer, Rog, and what do men like to do in the summer? We suddenly like to cook. Uh, and when by cook I mean grill uh, my boy, my son is very interested in cooking very interested in the restaurant that he runs in his, uh, in his playroom and uh, we went to the toy shop this weekend because he was crying and I couldn't think of a way to make him stop good fathering and uh, bought him the Fisher-Price grill playset ignore the reviews on Amazon this is a fantastic product I tweeted out a photo just couldn't look any better, uh, young George, around this. Comes with a hot dog and that goes into a hot dog bun, tongs, an apron with a holder for your tongs, Rog. He made me a steak for lunch. It was <laughs> It was absolutely perfect. That's the Fisher-Price grill playset. Uh, it's a bargain at 29 99 on Amazon. talking about you love men. Yeah. Rory McElroy, what are you doing? I know, he broke off his engagement, but this is, I think, I fully approve. It's, he sent out the invitations. That's a very good time. Any of you out there getting engaged and you're having some doubts about it, wait until you send out the invitations and then see how that makes you feel and then decide whether or not you want to get married. That's perfect timing. I, all I'll say is, because I know he listens to the show, he's a GFOP. Rory, yeah. just look at yourself in the mirror. No, Rory, make sure you're happy. And let's get your golf Look game back. In the let's mirror, win the Rory. US Open. That's go what we on. want to go and do. Um, new listeners, please download a Best of Album, which topped the comedy charts about 15 years ago on iTunes. Uh, Men in Blazers, Unbuttoned. Now that's what I call suboptimal. We're working on a new one, Rog, we actually, are. as well. Uh, check out our videos on Grantland, our Men in Blazers World Cup previews. World Cupcakes. We just launched the, uh, the low countries. How we, how we eat the cupcakes without so, taking the wrapper off. So well, it's because we wanted annoyed. to do it at speed. We tried it, first of all, unpeeling them. It took so long. Long, like a minute because we want to do it all so carefully and then eat them with a knife and fork so we just stuff them in our face 
<laughs> That's really how it works. We're thinking of marketing the cupcakes, the World Cupcakes, during the World Cup. Dave so stay is, tuned for that. It's filed under ideas like Dave would like to launch a pub, which he's currently working on. <laughs> and sell pupcakes. Uh, you can follow us at meninblazers.com. Follow us on Twitter at MC Davies, at Rog Bennett, at Men in Blazers. Like us on Facebook. Email us at meninblazers at gmail.com. Send your ravens to the crap part of Soho. Vendorpunked Rog. Warpig. Who wants to sex Madombo? Oh, feral donkeys, David. Courage. Size the day. You know what's so funny? Somebody walked into my office the other day and they looked at the patch and they said, shouldn't that say seize the day? And I said, long story. Is that your analysis? Oh, Kung Fu fight in America. Love you, Rog. I love you, David. Even though you threw me under the cuff bust. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Grantland. To hear more Grantland shows in your earballs, subscribe to Grantland Sports and Grantland Pop Culture on iTunes. Or go to grantland.com and click on podcast.